our loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us an opportunity to fellowship with you. Thank you for sustaining our health and thank you Lord for also providing for us the basic necessities of life and giving us the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe. Glory be unto your name, dear Lord. In thankfulness we come to you to receive power and strength to live a life that is in praise and glory to your name. We ask, Lord, that as we fellowship with you, you speak words of strength and edification to us. May you quench our thirsts and feed us, O Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would put your words in my mouth, that I may speak words of life and truth to your children, that we may be all blessed to become like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. James chapter 5 verse 17 and 18 Important lessons are presented to us in the experience of Elijah. When upon Mount Carmel, he offered the prayer for rain. His faith was tested, but he persevered in making known his request unto God. Had he given up in discouragement at the sixth time, his prayer would not have been answered, but he persevered till the answer came. We have a God whose ear is not closed to our petitions, and if we prove his word, he will honor our faith. He wants us to have all our interests interwoven with his interests, and then he can safely bless us, for we shall not then take the glory to self when the blessing is ours, but shall render all the praise to God. God does not always answer our prayers the first time we call upon him, for should he do this, we might take it for granted that we had a right to all the blessings and favors he bestowed upon us. Instead of searching our hearts to see if any evil was entertained by us, any sin indulged, we should become careless and fail to realize our dependence upon him and our need of his help. Elijah humbled himself until he was in a condition he would not take the glory to himself. This is the condition upon which the Lord hears prayers, for then we shall give the praise to him. The custom of offering praise to men is one that results in great evil. One praises another, and thus men are led to feel that glory and honor belong to them. When you exalt man, you lay a snare for his soul, and do just as Satan would have you. God alone is worthy to be glorified. As he, Elijah, searched his heart, he seemed to be less 
and less, both in his own estimation and in the sight of God. It seemed to him that he was nothing and that God was everything. And when he reached the point of renouncing self, while he clung to the Savior as his only strength and righteousness, the answer came. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Emptied of Self. We are still looking at the feat that was performed by God through Elijah. And we are already encouraged in our previous devotion to know that we also can do what Elijah did. The book of James 5 verse 16 to 18 gives us this encouragement. It says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. In these words written by James, he reminds us that we can, like Elijah, pray for things and receive answers from God. In our devotion yesterday, we read something like this. Concerning Elijah, it says, As he prayed, his faith reached out and grasped the promises of heaven, and he persevered in prayer until his petitions were answered. He did not wait for the full evidence that God had heard him, but was willing to venture all on the slightest token of divine favor. Now it says, And yet, what he was enabled to do under God, all may do in their sphere of activity in God's service." End of quote. So that means that we all can do what Elijah did in the sphere of our, of our own activity. It doesn't mean that I can pray now for the rain not to fall for three and a half years and uh, it won't fall. If needed, I can and you can too. But in whatever activity we are performing, whatever is needed for that activity to be, to be performed, we can, like Elijah, pray to the Lord and we will receive answers from him. But we need to know the conditions to be fulfilled. Yesterday, we talked more on the patience needed, how we need to wait, having fulfilled the conditions. We talked a bit about what these conditions are, but let us go in depth now to see what the conditions are. The title of our devotion again is Emptied of Self, and that already tells us what the condition should be. In order to receive the answer to our prayers, we must be emptied of self. Look at what James wrote. He said in James 5 verse 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What does that tell us? The effectual fervent prayer of a non-righteous man will not avail to anything. So what is the thing that made a difference to the prayer of Elijah? It is that he was a righteous man and a righteous man is emptied of self. That's just another way of saying it. He was emptied of self. He was a righteous man. That is what gave the answer to Elijah's prayer. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. The two men who appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, the two men apart from Enoch 
who had the privilege of being taken to heaven before the resurrection of Jesus were men of prayer and their prayers were answered by virtue of the fact that they were righteous men. Before Elijah prayed for rain, there were many others who must have had made the same prayer, but their prayers were not answered. The children of Israel were praying for rain. Some of them may have even prayed to God, but it never came. But God had respect unto the prayer of Elijah. It is just like the time when God had all but rejected Israel after the scene of the golden calf. Many went to the tabernacle of the congregation and their prayers were not heard. When Moses finally went there, the pillar of cloud descended from on high, and the Lord spoke with him face to face. Moses, that time, prevailed with God, and the Lord heard his prayers on behalf of Israel. What was it that made the prayer of these men to be respected by God? It is as we have read. They were righteous men. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Amen. That's it again. The righteous will make their prayers and the Lord will hear. You see, the word of God says that the prayer of a sinner is an abomination unto him. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. There are conditions which must be fulfilled if we must have our prayers answered, and like we have just seen, we must have clean hands and pure hearts. If the sinner prays for forgiveness, surely his prayer will be heard. But if he prays for God's favor and God's mighty powers we see Elijah and Moses do, the Lord will not honor that prayer. We must first do the first work. The first work has not been done. If we must have our prayers answered, we must first search our hearts and confess our sins to God and renounce those sins. Reading from our High Calling, page 129, paragraph 5, it says, Those who would receive the blessing of the Lord must themselves prepare the way by confession of sin, by humiliation before God, with true repentance and with faith in the merits of the blood of Christ. End of quote. That is the condition. We must empty ourselves of self and sin because self is the foundation of sin and this must go away if we must be that righteous man who can pray to the lord and receive answers our high calling page 133 paragraph 4 also says god does not always answer our prayers the first time we call upon him for should he do this we might take it for granted that we had a right to all the blessings and favors he bestowed upon us instead of searching our hearts to see if any evil was entertained by us, any sin indulged, we should become careless and fail to realize our dependence upon him. End of quote. So what does God want us to do? When he has not answered our prayers, it is a time for heart searching. When Elijah was praying the first time, second time, third time, what was he really praying for? Was he just saying, oh Lord, hear my prayer, let the rain come? No, he was searching his heart till the point like we read that he became small in his eyes and in the presence of God also he realized his unworthiness. It says as Elijah searched his heart he seemed to be less and less both in his own estimation and in the sight of God. It seemed to him that he was nothing and that God was everything and when he reached the point of renouncing self while he clung to the Savior as his only strength and righteousness, the answer came. End of quote. This is the formula that we all must follow. We must, like Elijah, search our hearts 
and seem less and less. It's not something that just happens by us believing I am less. No. What is it that should make us understand that we are less and less? It is the knowledge of our unworthiness. It is the realization that we do not deserve what we are asking for. That our only plea is the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You do not come to God with your own merits and your own acts of righteousness and plead with your act of righteousness to God as a reason why he should answer you. If not, you will take the glory to yourself. Elijah humbled himself, we read, until he was in a condition where he would not take the glory to himself. And this is the condition upon which the Lord hears prayers. For then we shall give the praise to him. End of quote. That is from Conflict and Courage, page 212 and paragraph 3. I read paragraph 4 earlier. So here we are seeing the conditions for the fulfillment of God's uh, promises. There must be in us a denial of self, an emptiness of self, a knowledge of our unworthiness, and we must appear less and less both in our sight and in the sight of God. We must remember that our righteousness, our acts, our goodness, so-called, are nothing before God and He will not answer us because of it. He will only answer us because of righteousness. What is righteousness? It is the righteousness of Christ that we have accepted to ourselves. When we sin against God and ask for forgiveness, what does God do? He takes away our sin and imputes the righteousness of Christ upon us. In other words, let us say you have been a sinner from your childhood and there are things you've done, not all the time, but you've sinned over and over. Maybe you are 40 years right now. Do you know that what really happens when you ask for forgiveness for sins is that the Lord looks at your past record and wipes away your sins and that your past record is not empty but it is replaced with the life of Christ. That means in the eyes of God, you are just as righteous as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is this righteousness, which is not our righteousness, but our Lord's righteousness that we then come with to plead with to the Lord and asking for answers to our prayers, not because of my righteousness, but because of the righteousness by faith. That is that I believe. That's why it's of faith. It's not of works. It is not because of the righteousness I have lived since I was a child till today. But rather, it is the righteousness of Christ that I have believed has been imputed to me. And I have my sins have been taken away. It is not my own righteousness. And then, in that understanding and in that faith, we plead to the Lord, knowing that it is not of my own strength, but it's of the Lord. Because I have confessed my sins and I have asked for forgiveness and I have renounced myself, realizing that I am unworthy, but my only worthiness is in Christ. In this mindset, when we ask, we are not going to take glory to ourselves, but all glory will go to God. When we have fulfilled our condition, the Lord will hear us. Reading from Christ's Object Lessons, page 143, paragraph 2 and downward, con- concerning conditions, it says, There are conditions to the fulfillment of God's promises, and prayer can never take the place of duty. If you love me, Christ says, keep my commandments. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. John 14, verse 15 and verse 21. Those who bring their petitions to God, claiming his promise, while they do not comply with the conditions, insult Jehovah. 
They bring the name of Christ as their authority for the fulfillment of the promise. But they do not those things that would show faith in Christ and love for him. End of quote. So, this is telling us that having done what we are supposed to do in pleading Christ and bringing the righteousness of Christ to God, it doesn't mean that we ourselves do not do our own part. We must do our part in living a life of righteousness, which is the condition. We read that yesterday in Leviticus 26, reading from verse 1 and downward, and also you can also check Deuteronomy 28. And the other passages we've read just now in the book of Proverbs 15 verse 19 and Proverbs 28 verse 9 tells us that the condition for receiving answers to our prayers is righteousness, which is obedience to the commandments of God. Yesterday, we also read something to that effect in Christ Object Lessons, page 145, paragraph 1. It says, So it is with every other of God's requirements. All his gifts are promised on condition of obedience. End of quote. So, if we have not done our work in obedience, then we should not expect to receive answers. And not only that, when we come to God in prayer, pleading the righteousness of Christ, when we are living in a life of disobedience, then we are insulting God. Why is that so? Because if Christ's righteousness has actually been imputed to you and imparted to you, you will not be living in a life of sin. You cannot come pleading the righteousness of Christ because you don't have it. Because if you did have it, it will show in your life. It will show because you will be living in harmony with God's commandments. Do you remember what Elijah told Ahab? He told Ahab, I have not troubled Israel, but you have troubled Israel because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord. So Elijah had not forsaken the commandments of the Lord. Nevertheless, he did not depend on his works. He will still plead Christ's righteousness. So that is what we are adding to our, our knowledge today. Having, If we must plead Christ, Christ's righteousness, it must be combined with our own part, which is that we must fulfill the condition in our own part, which is obedience to God. You cannot plead Christ's righteousness while you are living in disobedience. I will continue the reading. Christ's Object Lessons, page 143, reading from paragraph 3 now. It says, Many are forfeiting the condition of acceptance with the Father. We need to examine closely the deed of trust wherewith we approach God. If we are disobedient, we bring to the Lord a note to be cashed when we have not fulfilled the conditions that would make it payable to us. We present to God his promises and ask him to fulfill them, when by so doing, he will dishonor his own name. The promise is, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. John 15 verse 7 And John declares, Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, verily in him, verily is the love of God perfected. 1 John 2 verse 3 to 5. One of Christ's last commands to his disciples was, Love one another as I have loved you. John 13 verse 34. Do we obey this command? Or are we indulging sharp on Christ-like traits of character? If we have in any way grieved or wounded others, it is our duty to confess our faults and seek for reconciliation. This is an essential preparation that we may come before God in faith to ask His blessing. End of quote. I'll continue the reading, but we need to digest what we've just read. 
what is the condition for answers to prayers? First John 15, reading from verse 7 says, This is the condition. Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then when you ask whatever you will, it shall be done unto you. Question now is, what does it mean for God's word to abide in us? It simply means that we keep his commandments. I'll add one passage here. First John chapter 3, verse 6 says, Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Do you see that? And Jesus said that it is those who abide in him that will have their prayers answered. And now we are also reading that those who abide in him, how do we know them? They don't sin. He who so abided in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. So if Jesus is saying to us that this is the condition for which your prayers are to be answered, you should abide in me and my words should abide in you. And we ask the question, what does it mean for us to abide in Christ? First John 3 verse 6 answers it. That to abide in Christ is that you will not commit sin. That is what it means. So you must obey the commandments of God because 1 John 3 verse 4 has already said that sin is a transgression of the law. So in other words, whosoever abides in Christ does not transgress the law of God, that is, does not sin. And Jesus has said, this is the condition, that you don't sin. That is how I will answer your prayers. Brothers and sisters, this is very important. And one other thing we have read now is that we must love one another. If we are cherishing evil thoughts, hatred, jealousy, envy in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. That is what Elijah was doing in that six times he was praying. He needed to ensure that he did not have any resentment towards those prophets of Baal. He needed to ensure that he did not harbor any hatred towards Ahab and towards the children of Israel whom he had looked at and said to them, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, serve him, and if Baal, serve him. He needed to ensure that he was not coming to God with that mind of bitterness or anger. Because if he came in that mind, the Lord would not answer him. So he was searching his heart. He was renouncing self. He was ensuring that he had no grudge against anyone. He was humbling himself. And until he became little in his own eyes and little in the sight of God, it was not until then that the Lord answered his prayers. Are you quarreling with someone? Do you have a grudge against anyone? Have you grieved or wounded people? It is your duty, like we read, to confess your faults. Remember, James said so in the passage I read earlier in the book of James chapter 5, reading from verse 16. He said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. That is, before you pray, confess your faults. Jesus himself said that when we come to the Lord with a gift and if we realize that we have something against someone or somebody has something against us, we have offended someone, drop your gift, go and make amends with that person before you come to God. This is something that many of us are neglecting. We need to have clean hands and pure hearts. This is an essential preparation like we have read that we may come before God in faith to ask his blessing. I'll continue the reading. It says, there is another matter too often neglected by those who seek the Lord in prayer. So do you want to know why your prayers are not being answered or how to get them answered? Just listen. It says, have you been honest with God? By the prophet Malachi, the Lord declares, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, Wherein shall we return? And the Lord answers, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And the Lord answers, 
in tithes and offering. Malachi chapter 3 verse 7 and 8. As the giver of every blessing, God claims a certain portion of all we possess. This is his provision to sustain the preaching of the gospel. And by making this return to God, we are to show our appreciation of his gifts. But if we withhold from him that which is his own, how can we claim his blessing? If we are unfaithful stewards of earthly things, how can we expect him to entrust us with the things of heaven? It may be that here is the secret of unanswered prayers. But the Lord in his great mercy is ready to forgive and he says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and it shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, and all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land said the Lord of hosts, Malachi 3 verse 10 to 12, end of quote. So, we have looked at some conditions now, obedience to God's word. Oh, first of all, I said, accepting the righteousness of Christ, for, for asking for forgiveness for your sins and confessing your sins. Secondly, there must be obedience. You must obey. You can't just say, forgive me, and you are still living in disobedience. Present Christ's righteousness. Nevertheless, you must have a life that is abiding in Christ because that is the condition. Abide in me, Christ says. Then you will ask for whatever you will and you receive the answer. We've seen those two things. We've seen also that we must confess our faults one to another. In other words, when we have oath against anyone or we have wronged someone, go and confess to the person. Those are the things you are doing to prepare the way for our prayers to be answered. Now, another thing that people neglect is what we just read. The tithes and the offering. It should be given to the Lord. How? For to give to those who are preaching the gospel, like it says in Christ Object Lessons, page 144, paragraph 4. As the giver of every blessing, God claims a certain portion of what all we possess. This is his provision to sustain the preaching of the gospel. We have studied before when we looked at Jacob's returning of the tithe, we studied in depth what it means to return the tithe and how it should be returned. You can go and listen to that for more information on tithing. But like it says here, God expects that we should fulfill this condition also, the condition of the returning of tithes and offerings to those who are preaching the faithful word of God in these last days so that you can receive the blessing. And I will just, just suffice to say, if you do not do this, you can do it with a clear heart wherever you think that is necessary, but ensure that you are giving it to those who are indeed doing the work of God. This is a condition by which the, your prayers will be answered. Remember, that looking at the woman of Zarephath, she was not giving her help to one who is like Ahab, to false prophets, to Baal, and to the priests. Remember that. The Bible says, Jesus said, that if you give to a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. He didn't say you should give to a false prophet. Not that he says you should give to a false disciple, but rather give to God's prophets like Elijah. And how did he help the woman? Was she blessed? Yes, in that man, Elijah, staying in her house. Oh, what a blessing it was for her. What a wonderful blessing that she constantly received. Her son, who was about dead, was raised to life. The food which she had that was the last meal, it was multiplied for many, many months and she was sustained. 
this woman gave more than her tithes and offering and she received the blessing why she sustained the work of god sustained the faithful preacher of the word of god she was not sustaining baal's prophets she was not sustaining the priests of baal but rather she was sustaining the prophet of the lord the disciple of the lord obadiah another man who sustained those men those prophets hundred of them who had not bowed their knees to Baal, he also was blessed. He was not sustaining false prophets. We also should learn, sustain the work of God. That way, you can come to the Lord, ask whatever you will. The Lord has said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Claim the promise, present it to the Lord that you said you will pre- you rebuke the devourer for my sake. I have confessed my sins to my brethren who I offended. I have searched my heart. I have forsaken my sins. I am presenting the righteousness of Christ. I have none of my own to bring. Also, I have faithfully by your grace returned my tithe and my offering. Please, Lord, hear my prayer. And that's why we read now in Christ Subject Lessons, page 146, paragraph 2, it says, Our part is to pray and believe. Watch unto prayer. Watch and cooperate with the prayer hearing God. Bear in mind that we are laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. Speak and act in harmony with your prayers. It will make an infinite difference with you whether trial shall prove your faith to be genuine or show that your prayers are only a form. There is ingenuine faith, a buoyancy, a steadfastness of principle, and a fixedness of purpose that neither time nor toil can weaken. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40 verse 30 and 31. Amen. So, this is telling us what I have just been saying here, that we must believe. Don't have doubts. Once you have fulfilled all these conditions that has been listed out, I'll say it again. Firstly, you must confess your sins and ask for forgiveness. Secondly, claim Christ's righteousness, not your own, which has been imputed and imparted to you. And thirdly, if it has been imparted, then you should live a life in harmony with the commandments of God. Then also, if you have something against anyone, you offended someone, Ask the person for forgiveness. Confess your faults one to another. Not for the person to forgive your sins, but confessing your faults. Only God that can forgive sins. And then the fifth thing we are seeing here is you must ensure that you are doing your diligence in returning your tithes and offerings. Having done this, do not doubt. Believe. Even if the Lord does not answer your prayers immediately, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's why we just read now. There is ingenuine faith a buoyancy, a fixedness of purpose that trials cannot shake. Even if you are not seeing answers yet, the Lord will answer when he wants. He does. You are not to say when the prayer should be answered. It may take some time. I don't know how long. You may measure it in days, in minutes, in years. I don't know. But the Lord has heard your prayer and he will answer. The Lord promised Abraham to make of him a great nation. Did Abraham see it fulfilled in his time? No, he didn't. But did the Lord answer the prayer? He answered it when he wanted to answer it. So also with you. The Lord will answer your prayer. Do not doubt and do not shake. One other thing that we read, I think yesterday also, that we should remember with respect to getting uh, our prayers answered is that we should be asking to give. When we were looking at that parable of the one who had someone come to his house and he didn't have any food to give to the person and he went to his neighbor's house to knock, to the parable Jesus told, to ask his neighbor, please give me food so that I can give my brethren. And I told you something happened even while I was preaching that a friend of mine was knocking and asking, 
persistently he kept on knocking until finally he got entrance and said please there is a man outside his wife just gave birth he has trekked for a very long distance from another village to this place looking for help and the man received his help if we are asking for the purpose of blessing others not for selfish gratification oh my the lord will be so happy to hear your prayers we read that yesterday and i just want to reiterate that again to us today we are told in christ subject lessons page 147 paragraph 2 there are many who long to help others but they feel that they have no spiritual strength or light to impart let them present their petitions at the throne of grace plead for the holy spirit god stands back at every promise he has made with your bible in your hands say i have done as thou hast said i present thy promise ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you we must not only pray in christ's name but by the inspiration of the holy spirit this explains what is meant when it is said that the spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered romans 8 verse 26 such prayer god delights to answer when with earnestness and intensity we breathe a prayer in the name of christ there is in that very intensity a pledge from god that he is about to answer our prayer exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think ephesians 3 verse 20. christ has said what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them mark 11 verse 24 whatsoever you shall ask in my name that will i do that the father may be glorified in the son john 14 verse 13 and the beloved john under the inspiration of the holy spirit speaks with great plainness and assurance if we do you believe this if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us but take note of that clause according to his will he heareth us and if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask we know we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him first john 5 verse 14 and 15. then press your petition to the father in the name of jesus god will honor that name amen amen god will honor that name of jesus that you come in remember we read earlier in page 142 paragraph 3 our prayers are not to be a selfish asking merely for our own benefit we are to ask that we may give the principle of christ's life must be the principle of our lives for their sakes christ said speaking of his disciples i sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified john 17 verse 19 the same devotion the same self-sacrifice the same subjection to the claims of the word of god that were manifest in christ must be seen in his servants our mission to the world is not to serve or please ourselves we are to glorify god by cooperating with him to save sinners we are to ask blessings from god that we may communicate to others the capacity of receiving is preserved only by imparting we cannot continue to receive heavenly treasure without communicating to those around us end of quote so here it is that there is something else we are adding to the other five things we've said we must ask to give we, not, we must not ask selfishly but we must ask with the mindset that i want to help someone else not for selfish purposes because the bible says in the book of james james was still the one who said this in the book of james chapter 4 reading from verse 1 as a reason why our prayers are not answered he said from whence come wars and fightings among you come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members 
You ask and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So here we are told that we are not receiving answers to our prayer because we are asking selfishly. We are asking to consume it on our lusts and we must not do this. Brothers and sisters, the message is clear to us. If we must receive answers to our prayers, these conditions must be fulfilled. We must be emptied of self. We must come to that position where we are that righteous man. Righteous men whose prayers will avail much. I personally long to be like this. There are many who would benefit from your service. I, when I look at the life of Moses and Elijah, especially when I look at Moses, how many times the Lord heard him because of him, the Lord did not destroy Israel. Same thing with Elijah. These men were honored of God. You can be that person who because of you, the Lord saves many people. Many souls are turned to righteousness. But you must be that righteous man before your effectual fervent prayer will benefit anyone. Our hands must be clean. We must have our hearts pure. We must ensure that we do not have anything in our lives that is sinful because it will be abomination to the Lord. The world benefits from righteous men. Righteousness preserves a nation, we are told. We are also told that the kingdom is preserved in righteousness. Do you know that righteousness is a powerful tool for anyone around? Many people are preserved because of those who are righteous. Moses preserved Israel and so did Elijah because of their effectual fervent prayers. We can become like this and I wish and pray that we will work ourselves to that position, not through external working but by doing the things we have been told now, fulfilling these conditions so that we can be those people who will pray for others, that their souls may be saved from sin and that the Lord will preserve. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we long to be in this condition where our prayers will avail much, not because we want to consume it upon our lusts, but for a world that is perishing in sin. Lord, work on us. Forgive us our sins. Help us to be emptied of self, that we may abide in you. And having abided in you, that we will ask whatever we will, and we will get answers to our prayers. Help us, Lord, to grow in grace, to grow in our faith, that we will become children of God indeed, that we may have answers to our prayers, not just for our own selfish gratifications and the things we ask for ourselves, but what we ask for others. Forgive us our sins. Give us the victory over sin because that's the first thing we need, that we must take away our sins, Lord. That first condition we ask for right now. Many of us struggle with defects in our characters. We have grudges against others. We have offended people. Please, Lord, forgive us for these things and have mercy upon us that we may fulfill the condition of being that righteous man who will be a benefit to others. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Search me.